Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Dave Lee, so without further ado, here he is. Good morning, Harvest. What a great week we had with Summerfest, and it was a great three days. We got dumped on with rain on Wednesday, but even that day was a lot of fun. And not including staff, we had 34 volunteers and 166 people come out and enjoy the weather and fellowship with one another. For a lot of us, um, that was the first time seeing each other face-to-face in months, and so it really did my heart good. I know that many of you who, you who uh, participated, uh, and your children as well, just loved the event. And so thank you for coming out and making that effort. Thank you to all our great volunteers for putting on an awesome event. And we're just so grateful for what God did for our church this past week. Last Sunday, I started a two-part series. Um, really was just one long message split in half. And uh, I wanted to offer some prayers for this pandemic. And last Sunday, uh, I offered three prayers that you can be praying alongside with me to pay attention to what's happening in us spiritually during and as a result of the pandemic and the lockdown that has resulted. Um, the first of those prayers was holiness and we, we can be praying that God would help us be as much on guard against spiritual infection as we are against physical infection from a virus. We also can be praying for devotion. Even though we've been pulled out of the environment of the church, we can and should be praying that God would keep our hearts fully devoted to Him. And we also just pray for love, and that's something we need to keep praying for, because as we said last week, out of sight, out of heart. And often, even though we really love people, when we don't see each other or connect with each other personally, it's easy to forget that we love each other. And so we, we need to pray that God would grow our love for each other and for others around us, and also prompt us through His Holy Spirit for creative ways and for people uh, who are in particular need of expressions of His love from others. This morning, I'd like to continue on and offer three more prayers, and I want to just restate for you that the the real thrust of these two messages is that even though there's so much happening to us and around us, uh, there's a lot that's happening inside of us because of all this. And a lot of it we can't really control or avoid, but that doesn't mean it's not going to have an effect on us long term. And even when this pandemic is over, the spiritual impact of some of these things is going to stay with us. And so um, these prayers are a way of engaging those things head on and inviting God to really help us and carry us through all of this. The first prayer I'd like to offer uh, this morning is let's pray for peace. Um, In probably elementary school and on, um, we all learn the difference between cold-blooded and warm-blooded animals. And just in case you didn't know, we are, as mammals, warm-blooded animals. Reptiles are cold-blooded animals. And cold-blooded animals cannot regulate their body temperature. In other words, they, they can't generate heat from within themselves. Their internal body temperature is entirely determined by the external environmental temperature around them. The difference is warm-blooded animals can convert food energy into heat so that they can regulate I shouldn't say that we, we can regulate our internal body temperature regardless of what the external temperature is like. 
And that's why we can go outside and enjoy things like snowball fights in, in the winter, or when we're overheated, um, we, we sweat, we can do things to regulate our temperature, and that's important. Reptiles are entirely determined by their environmental temperature. It's a helpful analogy to think about the way that we relate to the world around us emotionally and spiritually. To what extent is your inner world defined by your external world? And none of us would, would be impervious to that. The external world does affect us. But are you more like a cold-blooded animal where your in, inner world is entirely determined by your outer world? Or do you have the capacity internally to have a different inner world even when your outer world is in great upheaval or turmoil? This is especially helpful when we're thinking about the spiritual dynamic of peace. The world we live in has always been a, stress, a stressful place. It, it produces a stress response in us. And the pandemic has only made that so much worse. A lot of people are reporting elevated levels of stress and anxiety, not just in spurts, but a kind of ongoing pervasive stress. And studies have clearly shown that chronic stress over time has very, very devastating health effects on us. Uh, it can suppress the immune system. It could even lower our life expectancy by years. Some say even by a decade or more. There was a time when Jesus and his closest disciples found themselves on a boat on the Sea of Galilee and a terrible storm arose out of nowhere. It's portrayed here by Rembrandt's amazing painting of that scene. And uh, in Mark 4.38, in the midst of this whole storm that's raging around them, Mark reports that Jesus was in the back of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. I think that right there is a picture of the kind of preternatural peace that Jesus was able to have even when the external world around him was in complete chaos and upheaval. Where does peace like that come from? Well, Philippians 4, 6-7, which is a very familiar passage for most of us, uh, many of us probably even memorize it, here's, what, here's how it's translated by the New Living Translation. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. What Paul's describing here is something called God's peace, which can hold us together inside even when the world outside of us is falling apart. This kind of peace is beyond understanding. That's really another way of saying it's illogical. What's logical in the face of real things that are harming us is panic, fear, unraveling completely. Those are the things that naturally should come when we're in a stressful situation. And yet, what Paul is pointing out here and what Jesus exemplified on that stormy sea is that it is possible to lay hold of something 
called God's peace that holds our inner world together even while our outer world is falling apart. And this particular kind of peace comes to us only through prayer. As we unburden ourselves and tell God honestly the weight we're carrying and ask Him to come and help, He gives us, in exchange for our burdens, a supernatural divine peace. And He does this not just by carrying our burdens, but by carrying us. I don't know what your outer world feels like. I think for the first time in in my entire lifetime, most of the world's population can say we, we actually have the same outer world experience right now. But what's happening to you inside? Let's learn to pray the words of these verses. Letting God know honestly the weight of what we're carrying because of everything happening around us and trusting Him to keep walking because He is carrying us and our burdens as well. Let's pray that God would give us the kind of peace that doesn't come from our situation but comes from His presence with us. I'd like to offer you a second prayer for this pandemic, which really, if you think about last Sunday's, it's our fifth prayer. Uh, And that's pray for trust. Pray for trust. And here's what I mean by that. It's absolutely normal to have a fear response in the face of real threats. It's not courage to look at something genuinely dangerous and scary and feel no fear. That's not courage. That's maybe um, not being very bright. It's normal and it is healthy to have a fear response to real threat. And yet, strangely, over 70 times in the Bible, God very directly commands His followers not to be afraid. Now, that's, that's really strange. How can you command against a natural response? Well, obviously, God is not commanding us not to feel a response of fear in the face of real threat. What He's commanding against is allowing that fear to completely drive our actions and attitudes to basically paralyze us into immobility because we don't have any means to continue moving forward in the face of fear. Most of the time when God commands someone, do not be afraid, He very quickly adds, for I am with you. And that's a really important second half of that command because God doesn't just say, suck it up. Buttercup, you know, he doesn't just say, hey, don't be scared. He's saying the reason I command you not to be scared is not because the thing you're scared of is not scary, but because I who walk with you, who am with you, are greater than that thing that you're afraid of. We're going to continue to always feel afraid if we fixate on the thing that we're afraid of. But when we fix our eyes on the God who promises to walk with us, only then do we have a hope of overcoming and handling our fear so that we can keep living. In other words, for the Christian, the opposite of fear is not necessarily courage, but it's trust in God who walks with us. And that trust in Him then allows us to have the courage to keep putting one foot in front of the other as we must. You know, when we were young, um, every now and then in our house, Uh, The power would go out, especially during a storm, when my parents were out. 
And so my brother and I would be at home alone, all the power would go out, and our circuit breaker was in the farthest corner of our unfinished basement. Um, <clears throat> I made the mistake of watching horror movies as a kid. I have a very active imagination. And I was terrified of having to go downstairs and flip that circuit breaker. Once in a while, I had to do it alone, and even a flashlight didn't seem to help. But then when my brother, my little brother, would go down with me, it was so much more bearable. And I can't really explain that because my little brother doesn't add one lick of safety to my situation. He doesn't make the scary things that might jump out of the dark any less scary. But what it did do was help me feel that I wasn't walking through the dark alone. It's strange how much comfort can be had just in not being alone in the face of something I'm afraid of. And if my little brother, who could give me zero real protection against something, a monster in the dark, could give me that much courage and comfort, how much more to know that a God who is all-powerful and loves you with the fullness of his heart says to you, I will always be with you. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Think about the words of this familiar verse from Psalm 23. You know this verse. And here's how the ESV has it. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If I could boldface and underline one word in that verse, it would be the word through. I don't think we should recklessly run towards danger. You've got to be a little dumb to recklessly run towards danger. But sometimes we have no choice. The road we must walk passes right through the valley of the shadow of death. Walking around it or walking away from it are simply not options sometimes. And when that's the story of our lives and the path God set for us goes right through the worst possible place, we can keep walking because God walks with us. He doesn't always say He'll make that valley go away. But He says sometimes when you must walk through what feels like hell on earth, you will not walk through it alone. You know, one of the promises of marriage is that no matter what happens, and, this, and the pastor usually makes you promises in six different ways, whether you're poor or rich, whatever happens, will you stay with each other? Will you stick through everything, thick and thin, with each other? We don't get married on the promise that it will always be good times, but especially we make the, that promise that when it gets really bad, we will walk together. That's exactly the promise which God is making to us in the face of everything that scares us. He never promised that we wouldn't have trouble, but He also always promised we'd never face trouble alone and without Him. So let's learn to pray the words of this verse. It's easier said than done, so we must pray because in the face of real fear, it's so hard to overcome that fear without God's help. Let's ask God to fix our eyes on Him and not on the things that scare us. Let's also ask God to give us the trust in Him that leads to the courage to keep walking when we're terrified of what lies ahead. Eventually, this pandemic 
will be over and we'll have to re-emerge from our shelters and live again. And the truth is, when you've lived months and months in the grip of fear, it will have a spiritual impact on you. We need to address the fear that is growing in so many of our hearts head on in prayer and make sure that we're ready to re-engage the world when the doors are open. Let me give you a third prayer. Let's pray for patience. There's very little in the modern world that cultivates patience in us, is there? I think we are probably the most impatient generation that's ever lived. And it's very understandable why, because we are also the, gen- the generation that has lived in the most instant gratification reality that humankind has ever known. And yet, patient is the very first word that Paul uses to describe what biblical godly love looks like in 1 Corinthians 13.4. Of all the words to describe true biblical godly love, the first is that love is patient. It's also listed as one of the fruit of the Spirit. And what is the fruit of the Spirit? It is the external visible sign or proof that the Holy Spirit of God lives in a person and has possessed that person and is leading and controlling that person. You know that the fruit of an evil spirit is very easy to see. Hollywood does a good job of depicting, right? I mean, you you have no doubt when someone's demon-possessed, but do you know what it looks like when someone is Holy Spirit-possessed? Well, one of the signs of that possession by the Holy Spirit is a growing, unflappable patience. You know, when we first announced in uh, mid-March that we're going to cancel in-person services through May, or at least up to May, so it was like mid-March and then through the entire month of April, I remember that all of us felt a little uncertain about that, and some people freaked out. They said, isn't that too long? Aren't we overreacting? Uh, Is it really going to be that long of a time? Here we are in August, and I don't really see the end immediately in sight. I don't think it's around the next corner. Um, Who knows? God may do something great. Our, Our scientists may come up with something. But right now it seems like this is our reality for a little while longer yet. How do you handle it when something you don't like is imposed upon you far longer than you would want. And everything you do to try to control that situation, to end it earlier, doesn't work. What happens inside of you spiritually when you're made to endure something which is very unpleasant and you cannot shorten the time of it? Romans 5.3 says this, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. That word endurance is very interesting in the Greek. It literally means to stay or remain under something, especially when the temptation is to dive out from under it and escape. Endurance is the ability to remain under something, even if everything in you would choose not to have to do that. And what Paul is teaching in this this verse in Romans is that one of the things God might be after in our lives when he allows a suffering to remain longer than we want is he's, he's wanting to produce in us the kind of endurance that can only be produced by prolonged hardship. In Romans 12.12, a little later in that same book, 
Paul writes these words, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. In that phrase, patient in affliction, the word patient is the same Greek word that was translated as endurance earlier in Romans 5.3. Remaining under something. What Paul says is, when you are in a time of affliction, one of the signs of God at work in you, of your spiritual growth and maturity, is that you are able to remain under it without running from God or caving in. That endurance, that patience or perseverance in the face of affliction is one of the, th- the marks that help us realize we are, in fact, growing. I don't know if any of you have ever picked up a new skill and worked at it and tried to develop and grow in it, but it's really encouraging every once in a while to look backwards and say, oh, I see visible progress. Many of you know when the pandemic started, or actually even before that, um, in in the early months of summer, uh, I began a commitment to learn art. And um, it's really interesting to take my sketchbooks from the start of the year to now and see that even in just a few months, There is real growth, and that's encouraging because when you're actually doing it in real time, it feels like there isn't that much progress. But when I see the pictures I've made now versus the pictures I was making when I started, I can very clearly see there's progress and growth. And patience is one of the things that we develop, endurance and patience, to show us that God is very much at work and we are becoming stronger in our souls. That's why, against all logic, there are several direct commands given to us in Scripture to rejoice at or welcome suffering and trials. That's not a normal thing to say. You have to really have a different perspective on the world to tell someone, hey, when you're suffering, be thankful for it. Not because the suffering is good, but because what it produces is something we absolutely need for ourselves, but also to be able to protect and shelter others when everything is falling apart. There are many people we care about for whom we will need to have that capacity when the world starts to fall apart. Why don't we learn to pray, especially Romans 12, 12 together, to learn to be patient in affliction so that even when we are made to go through something we wish would be over, God cultivates in us the ability to remain under it, to hang on to Him, and to hang in, because He promises us that in the process, we are not just marking time, but we are getting stronger. We are growing to be more like Him all through it. I want to remind you that in the midst of everything happening around us, there are some very important things happening in us. And my point is not to say, You should feel guilty about that or that you can control or avoid the impact all of this is having on us spiritually. It's simply to say this, be aware of what's going on inside of you spiritually. And when you realize that living for months and months at a time uh, under the onslaught of these spiritual impacts is going to have an effect on us. And we need to address it head on and invite God's presence into our lives. Not just say, when this is over, I'll just return to normal, because the world might return to normal, but we will be deeply marked by everything that's happened inside of us. And if we ignore those things, then a return to normalcy outside will not, by itself, 
produce a return to normalcy or health inside. So Harvest, I'm, I'm charging you as your pastor. I'm encouraging you and exhorting you. Please pay attention to the state of your soul in the months to come. Be honest about what's been happening inside of you. And rather than just processing it, bring it to God in prayer and tackle these things head on. Invite Him and His strength into every place where you feel weak. And I believe He will meet you there. And we can emerge from this pandemic spiritually stronger and more mature than when it all began. Praise Team is going to lead us in a closing song. And I, I hope that we can use that song as a time of reflection and prayer and commitment. Invite God through the song to help you respond to what you have just heard this morning. And when we're done with the song, I'll come back and dismiss us with a word of benediction. Because God is powerful, our inner world doesn't have to be defined by the outer world, but it can be defined by His loving hand holding us together no matter what is happening outside of us. Right now, the world around us is not at all the way we wish it was. And just the gladness of Summerfest was a reminder that we really miss being with one another and being able to just be outside and enjoy the summer together. I believe God is going to restore the world to normalcy in time. But may God also aim His power and His love and kindness at you and your soul and what is happening in you. Present yourself to God in prayer. Face the things that are happening inside of you head on and invite Him and may He meet you in that place of prayer and strengthen you and grow you so that we will emerge together from this pandemic stronger than when we came in. May this be our testimony together as a church. May God perform the miracle of growing Harvest Community Church during this crazy time. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, be blessed now and forever. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.